the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, uh, including prognostications and out-and-out dooging, uh, as well as the return of our prodigal process. <laughs> We're going alliteration heavy tonight, so uh, I am your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined this evening once again by Hood Husky, The Darker Knight. Uh, UW, uh, otherwise known, or at least this evening, is not your mama's Pac-12. A- a- and again, that prodigal process, prognostications process, CP has returned to the fray. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Doing well, doing well. Hey. We good, we good. It's PP pushing two Ps. <laughs> I don't know why they keep letting me on these things, but here I am. <laughs> It's because you got the best Wi-Fi out of all of us, bro. Right. <laughs> he must have recovered from his aneurysm um, during the 13-inning Mariner game the other night. Barely. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. Oh, man. I was not okay in that game. And and yet nothing you said qualifies as stupid tweet, so congratulations. No, there was there was one, actually. You just missed it. You got lucky. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, without further ado, we'll we'll, we'll uh, move right into DP's uh, favorite segment, and we'll talk beverages. And DP, uh, we'll, we'll we'll give you the honor this evening, sir. What what are you what are you drinking? In a tragic turn of events, there controls what comes in and out of my household, so I just have water this evening. Um, the, the Minute Maid will make a return once I get back to school, but in the time being, yeah. That's really heartbreaking. Uh, that that. that, that yeah, that's that people are going to downvote us on this episode. Um, Leah, uh, go ahead. What do you have this evening? <laughs> um, yeah, in honor of DP's return, I am not drinking a white claw today. It's you know, I'm going from one classic white lady drink to another. I am riding the claw night. It's a little black cherry, so white claw. Yeah. for the white lady. Hey, look at that! <laughs> it's poetry. Nice. Poetry. Hood, uh, another tequila Rita. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually have a beer, uh, more of my speed. Uh, it's a Comatose, uh, Good Life Brewing Company, Imperial IPA. It's got a nice uh, farmer guy in a in a hammock. I don't nice. think that's my vibe, but I should be comatose after these. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping our our season doesn't have that effect on all of us. Oh, geez. oh man, right? Eight point five. Ooh, yeah, no, that, that, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, Darker Night, what do you have? Uh, I'm on some Angry Orchard Hard Cider tonight. Okay. You know, unlike, unlike Hood, I'm, it's a little toned down. Night. And, I should uh, introduce you to my dad. Oh, man. Angry Orchards. Put some water in there and water it down. Yeah, yeah it's, it's rough right now. Yeah, and uh, I think this might be a return. Um, I might have been sipping on one of these uh, in a previous podcast. That's 45 hours, Graflon uh, Albarino, I'll be, I'll be at the uh, 2021 variety. Um, so I am actually having a drink tonight. I was on Team Water last night, but, but having a, a beverage this evening. Uh, we can briefly touch on stupid tweets. I don't know if uh, certainly the uh, my repeat uh my repeat uh, colleagues uh, from last night. Uh, we, we had some, but uh, our favorite account just did it again. Um, and so I got a shout out, Big Game Boomer, yet again, for saying that Kentucky 
just based on recent history, is a football school. Yeah, like there was that poll from Fox oh. College Football. This is the stupid tweet I'm going to call what? out where uh, <laughs> it was like head-to-head Washington and Kentucky. And it's like, obviously, Washington's going to win that. Football and right now, Kentucky, football. I think the poll's closed. Um, they're ahead. And so that's Kentucky fan said, yeah, that's funny. I almost forgot UW what football you had a football program. And it's like, that's so stupid. I mean, like, you almost forgot, like, when has Kentucky ever had a football program? The only way that we, we could lose that poll is if it, or that game is if it's decided on a Twitter poll. So. They actually, I believe, do have more national championships than we do, but not in the last, you know, 70 years. So. Bear Bryant doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else with, with a stupid tweet or, or just stupid accounts to shame <laughs> or make fun of? No, I, I don't have any stupid okay. tweets. Um, I will say it's sad that uh, Luis Torrens got DFA'd after a great uh, week, but <laughs> after uh, a game, game winning base hit, yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Stupid. I actually have probably the worst tweet I've ever seen in my life uh, from Dogman sixty seven this morning. Repeat <laughs> offender, obviously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I posted. Uh, as, as some of you may know, I posted DP's official top 15 favorite films on my Twitter the other night. And Dogman67 showed up in my comment section asking me what HSM3 is. Um, if you don't know what High School Musical 3 is, you're a disgrace. That's really all I have to say about, about the matter. <laughs> I know what it is. Never seen it, but... I haven't it seen is. it. I think everyone else in this pod is probably um, what you would call a boomer. So yeah, uh, how do you downvote on Riverside? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was a Zoom meeting, you could just kick somebody out of it, right? <laughs> but uh, all right, let's. Uh, I think without further ado, part one of the predictions and prognostications for the season. Uh, we'll go game by game, uh, and then we'll get to. Uh, you know, breakout players on each side, player of the year, both sides, all that fun stuff. But uh, let's go game by game. Uh, DJ, with your predictions, uh, Kent State, September 3rd, what's going to happen? Why do you got to go game by game? 7.30 p.m. kickoff at Husky Stadium. I wish you'd have to go game by game. It's uh, way harder. Game by game? No, 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 no. It's <laughs> the right way to do it. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, okay. So before I go game by game, my original thought was I've been on like the pessimist pessimist side of this. Like I've been thinking between six and six, but I'm thinking we'll go seven and five. That's my official guess. And so I got to find these five losses in here. So let's get started. So Kent State, that's a win. I better be. I plan on going. I don't want to lose the first game of the season again. That that was terrible last year being on uh, at the Montana. As game. long as we don't have a lightning storm. Yeah, it's I know. It's a team that wears blue and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a win there, and then wait, I thought our we're not gonna pull a wazoo, right? <laughs> no, to Portland State. <laughs> no, Portland State. Yeah, September tenth. No, that's another win. One o'clock game. All right. We talking about practice? Yeah. At one o'clock and then four thirty kick on September seventeenth. With the yeah. Spartans of Michigan State. I will say that is probably a loss. 
if I were to have to pick. Okay. Uh, prove me wrong. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go through all these pretty quick, but then I may. Cause I told you I'm seven and five. I'm gonna stick with that, so, so I may have to come two, back to one. Two and one start. So that's yeah. two and one in the non-conference. So you need to find four five more losses. wins and four more losses. Oh man. Okay. So uh, the finish. Stanford Washington. Conclusion of a four-game homestand. Stanford comes to Husky Stadium for Husky Fever Day on Saturday, September twenty-fourth. Man, I, I'm I'm a little worried that you know I know we have a different coaching staff, but Stanford's had our number. Uh, I'm, I'm a little worried with the the quarterback situation at Stanford. They have a good quarterback. Uh, you know, we don't have the same DBs that we've had in the past. Oh man. Uh, I'm gonna chalk it up as a W for now, but that one—that's one I may come back to. <laughs> uh, then the the next right. week UCLA, right? Is that what's next? Next week is down down in down in Pasadena at the University of Charmin in Los Angeles, uh, the UCLA Bruins. All right, that that's gonna be one of my losses. Uh, UCLA. Okay. It's tough playing down there. So yeah, still lost there. All right, and uh, um, uh, that's a hint for our, the, the site of our next game. Um, <laughs> Saturday, October 8th, down in Tempe, uh, and the uh, Arizona State uh, COVID penalties and yeah. <laughs> whatever else they might be. So, obviously, we've had not – not a good time down playing in, in Tempe. Uh, and I, but Arizona, Arizona State's going to suck. Or maybe I think. our players have had too good a time. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Stanford's going to be worse. You think so? Go look at their <laughs> roster. They don't have any defensive linemen on scholarship, basically. That is true. I've actually They seen have that. like one or two people over 280 pounds. Stanford yeah. or ASU? Stanford. Stanford. Well, that's why I said that's a W, and this is also a W against Arizona State. Okay. Man. We'll get that, that particular curse off our backs. Uh, and then the air, the fighting Jed Fishes coming to Husky Stadium on October 15th. So I got... <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, I'll say that's a win. I'll say it's a win. DJ's like, damn, this seven wins is coming hella quick. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, because that's I think, uh, that's six I think of I gotta them. Figure it out. Yeah, we're six and two. We're we're feeling good about ourselves right now. I think at this point of the season. Um, but but he lost for us because because what we always uh, it's October twenty second at Ber- in Berkeley. Yes, yes, that's uh, and I I know where our losses are at now that I'm looking at the schedule. This is one of them. I'm gonna say we we lose this one, unfortunately. Because we always lose to Cal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not lose to Jackson, sir. We, we better not. Oh um, my, no. That's that's five and three. No, it's that six and three. One, six two, and three. three, four, five. That's yeah, that's five and three. That's five, oh, five and, three. and three. Yeah. Okay, five, five and three. three. All right. Yeah. Yep. Next week, and then day. coming home to. Uh, the next, yep, next week at home against the Mighty Beavers. I said it's a win. Okay, they're six and three. 
I think we more than Cal. Yeah, I know. I think it's one of those two games, and and but you'll see why. Uh, well, I'll explain why I think we will win that in a minute. All right, and then uh, following week, uh, uh, yeah, that team. I'm just gonna go In out of stadium. Just gonna go to a secluded location for the day with no internet because we're probably lose against Oregon. Won't check social media if that happens. Yep, uh, and then coming home the following Saturday with Colorado on Senior Day. Yeah, uh, I think that's the one. I think Colorado's going to be improved, though. Uh, it's not going to be a gimme by any means. None of these conference games are, I don't think, really. Uh, but, yeah, I'll say we won that one. Probably going to be wet and cold. And then and then, an at, on a Saturday, not a, not a, Friday, not a Black Friday, Apple Cup in, uh, in Chittale, Pullman, Washington. Yeah, the coos can't cry anymore now that's on a Saturday. Uh, so I don't want to have us the going. Find something oh, to cry about. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I don't want to go have us break zero and three against the Pacific Northwest schools. Uh, so that's why I chose us beating Oregon State. But I think we, uh, I think we lose another Apple Cup game. That puts us that puts us All seven right, and so five, right? Seven and five. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. offensive player of the year. Oh man, let's see. Offensive player of the year. I'm just gonna go. Man, it's maybe the easy way out, but Michael Penix. Penix. I don't, I don't know. How say <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did he transition into porn? What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Pause. Uh, <laughs> Whatever his name is, his last Brazil. name, Michael P. Right. <laughs> De- uh, uh, defensive player of the year for your Washington Huskies. ZTF. Sheesh. Also, also probably easy nice. way out, right. but yeah, ZTF. All right. Well, you, you might have already answered this one, um, but offensive newcomer of the year, or, or maybe offensive newcomer of the year that's not a – uh, a fifth or sixth year transfer quarterback. Yeah, uh, let's see. Who, who could it be? I mean, it's honestly though got to. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's got to be one of the running backs, but we're also forgetting a a wide receiver that could have a a good impact. I'm I'm gonna go with my guy, uh, Junior Alexander. Ooh, that's saucy. Ooh, nice. I like it. I thought you were going to go with Devin Colt. He's not a newcomer, though. He's not a newcomer. Oh, okay. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I should have done breakout player, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or we could do breakout player as well, but but our defensive newcomer. Mm. Oh, man. Okay, this is also a tough one, but give me Cam Bright. Sheesh. We we need him to make an impact, yep. especially with Eddie out, and so maybe just kind of hopeful. But yeah, I'll go bright. That's a good one. All right, and then uh, and it can be different, or you can say that you want to skip this category. But offensive breakout player. So this could be a returning player that has a 
comes to the fore, becomes a significant contributor that has not yet been. So I don't know if this is a, this will count, but I'm going to go Cam Davis. I know he kind of like became the star last year, but I can just yeah, see him that. just being I like, like that. 1,200 yard back, yep. getting rushing yards. And that, that's a huge improvement yeah. from last year. I like that. That very yeah, he very well could be a breakout player. Okay, on the defensive side. Oh man, I, there's someone I want to say, and I and I had him be like a breakout player last year, and he was definitely was not. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Savvy. Uh, oh, let's, I don't I don't know if I want to. Hmm. He's number zero now. He's a whole different player. <laughs> it's a whole He's much improved this year. I'll tell you that much. I know. Dang, this is tough. Sure. Yeah, you think so? Oh, man. All right. I, I'm going to go. Damn. Just <laughs> there's so one. many, bro. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot of options over there. We lost some guys. Uh, because we're all gonna judge you if you're wrong on this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to jinx it uh, again. Like last year, I guess we all did apparently. But uh, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go Trice. I'm gonna say Trice. He's, oh, yeah. he's gonna be right. a starter. Sounds like, and so he's gonna play probably a big role. We share that. That that was what I put in my little my little write up. Yeah, we share that mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the predictions from DJ. We will the the rest of us will uh, follow this up in uh, with a long discussion and predictions and prognostications, and I'm sure a lot of humor. Starting the season at, at really our favorite time of day. Um, yeah, seven thirty uh, September third with Kent State. What does everybody think? Can we start with the kickoff time at seven thirty against Kent State? Who, yeah, man. Whose idea was that? It's going to be packed. Packed. They better have that light rail all the way to Idaho and California by then. Shit. I mean, they want to. The athletic It'd department wants to. <laughs> quarter, quarter and a half. Right. Uh, the uh, know, the athletic department wants to get on fans for not showing up, and they they're giving us no excuse to be there. Montana game from a year ago, but I think we'll be fine. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so uh, I take it that Darker Knight, you're, you're calling this one a win? Yeah, comfortably. That's a dub. That's a dub. Hood says a dub. Arkansas Leah. State vibes. It should be over at halftime, but it should have been over at halftime against Montana. So uh, I'm going to predict, predict like a 15-point win. Ooh, I got, a, I got three scores or more. Um, I would say maybe even like – so we're definitely five five TDs, so I'll say at least thirty-five. So forty-two to ten type vibes, forty-two to three type stuff. Uh, prognostications process. Well, we all know exactly uh, how my predictions went last year, so I think I'd be doing a disservice if I called this a win. I think the Kalen DeBoer era gets off to a rough start, and he shows he, he's exactly who Jimmy Lake was with a you know tough loss to to start the season. <laughs> see the fingers crossed that's cool we need the yeah. juju i i will say i i'm going to kind of spin my predictions both ways i'm going to do the optimist version of me and then the, the cynicism wrought by the last 
season and change of Husky football that, that nothing will go right when because we evidently don't deserve nice things. Uh, so the optimist says says that it's uh, a comfortable win. Uh, third, you know, third stringers playing most of the second half. Um, the the 2021 caused cynic in me says uh, the ghost of Don James and, it, and his guilty conscience for leaving Kent State for uh, for the job at the University of Washington will do much, and, and the Golden Flashes will beat us uh, to, to start the year. It's, it's so that the so cynical hooligan says says it's a loss. <laughs> Uh, moving on to, to Portland State, uh, who wants to to give their thoughts on uh, on the, the mighty Vikings coming to Husky Stadium on September 10th? Practice? We talking about practice? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This this should be. T- Oops. I think yep. yeah. I mean that. I think this is. At a level, I said you that went comfortably. I, for Portland State, didn't they beat uh, Wazoo last year too? Not last year, but they've done it recently. Okay. Um, I, I do think even the cynical version of me thinks that this is probably a win. The only thing I think we have to particularly watch watch out for is the um, that you know the the horn on the their mascot's helmet doesn't you know gore. Uh, our starting quarterback's leg and, and cause all sorts of problems for our offense. That's probably the only scenario in which I see it losing, but you, you never know what could happen. Solid game time. You know, you can wake up and yeah. day drink and have a nice brunch and <laughs> go to <laughs> this is bougie, bougie Seattle. Perfect timing for us. Yeah. Brunch in E1 and, until we build something there to completely kill the tailgate experience. DP? Uh, well, you know, uh, I think really this is just a classic season. Gets it off to a tough start. I think we see just a dominant Viking defensive performance. Um, probably something like seventeen, sixteen. You know, we make it look close in the end, but but I, I think we start the season zero and two. Okay, I uh, love you, Leo. bro. Yeah, DP. DP does not disappoint, does he? Um, I think this is one that. Uh, is going to be a blow. I would expect it to be a 20 to 30 point win. I think the real win in these two games is if we come out absolutely injury free. That's what I'm looking for. I want, I want easy wins first and foremost, more than anything else is no injuries. I don't care how we get those dads. I really don't. As long as our key players are not injured. So uh, this one, I I know, I know, I know, but like any new injuries, after these two games. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say we're going to start off 2-0. and That is a phenomenal point about the injuries. That is what we want to uh, make sure we avoid for the first two weeks for sure. Week three is is huge. Um, huge. Um... Yep. Uh, let's, let's, let's move right to it. Uh, one of the biggest games, biggest game in, at Husky Stadium since I mean, it would have been obviously Michigan two years ago if Michigan had actually come here and not if not for the pandemic. But before that, uh, or at least in terms of a non-conference game, yeah, like LSU, like Hudson. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. Actually, 
that that's over a decade ago at this point, right? Yeah, that that's was oh nine. That was oh nine. That was oh nine. Yeah. And then you wonder he's why you know your fan base. Oh, you're funny. That we know of. Yeah. <laughs> but that should tell you, like you know, like if you're talking about you know fan engagement and things like that. It was 13 years ago that you had your last big non-conference game here. And even if Michigan was played, that's you've played a significant opponent at home that's out of mm-hmm. conference. So, yep. Wasn't, uh, I think it was Wisconsin that backed out in like 2016, yes. 2017? Our, our 2016 year, they did. And we had to replace them with somebody like Portland State in the end. And then we yeah, got That was one of the cupcakes they put on the sideline. Yeah, that we got shit on for a cupcake schedule when Wisconsin. Thank you, DP. Should have been here, yeah. Up. Yeah. I don't know if it was twenty sixteen, but I think it was like the seventeen that you like seventeen and nineteen or eighteen and nineteen that they were that we were supposed to have a home and home with them and mm-hmm. if we end up in the Big Ten, we'll have home and homes with them at some point. Anyway. Um when did we play Notre Dame last here? Was that two thousand eight? And then we had the 2009 game where we got screwed with the or and we got screwed with the Chris Paul touchdown that actually was a touchdown that didn't get. Um, anyway, moving on uh, and getting back to the main point of the topic, which was Michigan State. Uh, who wants to, to give their prediction first? Uh, I can go on that one. Um, so my, I feel like the team is at its ceiling either nine and three or ten and two and this game is determining um whether it's the three or the two um so i'll actually for the sake of uh just kind of devil's advocate here say that's the l it's tough to kind of it's tough to kind of say that when i i know how good kenneth walker was he essentially kind of saved that that offense um at important times Uh, but they do have Peyton Thorne and, and Jaden Reed on the outside, obviously Jeremy Bernard and Jurek Broussard transferring there as well. Um, guys that I feel like we could shut down, but I think they've had, um, they've got a little bit more continuity, um, you know, they uh, in the staff as well as on the, on the field. So um, I'll give them that uh, the edge here. Close game, say maybe uh 24, 20 type vibe. Hmm. Back in off hood, um, I see a um, but I I could see Michigan State pulling off the win here. Um, very competitive, uh, physical on both sides. They play a physical brand of football as well. Um, I say we lose a close one. I'm gonna say twenty four twenty one. Very similar predictions in terms of the score. Uh, Leah, DP, thoughts? DP, you go first, and I'll follow up. Uh, I do know that my uh, Michigan fan friend, friend, he said uh, they're going to have the worst pass defense in the country once again. I don't know about that one, but it's probably not going to be very good. Um, But uh, you know me. I think we absolutely get shut down by their pass defense. I just think that uh, (laughs) starting offense has a tough day. Just can't get it going in the air. Uh, you know, tough loss, maybe a 35-17 type. <laughs> oh, wow. Love it. Know, D- DP is in rare form tonight, and I'm here for it. I don't know. Um, hmm. I'm 
gonna go full dude right now to prepare yourselves. I think <laughs> I think it's a four thirty kick. I think if our fans show up the way they did against Stanford 2016 and we get rowdy, we get hype, we get loud. This is a very tough place to play, and Michigan State hasn't been that? here in a very long time. No, I mean, I don't think it's really encouraged, but if we allow that for one game, that would be great since this is going to be, like, our only marquee matchup at Husky Stadium this year. I mean, I can't so, believe you don't have the, the week after circled on your calendar, Leah. You know me, uh, Hogan. Um, so <laughs> I, I think – Man, like I'm having a hard time with this because um, I had actually shout out Jacob. I had a talk with Jacob about like which one would you rather have if you could only have one, if you can only have Stanford at home or Michigan State up at home. And his point was, do I want to win in a, against a conference opponent in a dead conference, or do I want to show the powers that be that Washington's a player potentially moving to the Big Ten? The answer is pretty clear. So if I have to choose one. As much as it pains me, because y'all know how much I hate Stanford, I would pick Michigan State to be the one that we win. Um, will that happen? It all depends on coaching. It all depends on preparedness. And, it, it, you know, we can all help the matter by being there and being loud. Um, I don't know. I'm going to – I'm just going to – I'm going to roll the dice and say 27-24 dogs. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, to DP's point, man, um, yeah, I think they were last year the worst pass defense um, in the country, and I don't think they've gotten significantly better in regards to their uh, backfield or their linebackers in coverage. Now, a huge um, advantage that they will have is Brandon Jordan, the hiring of Brandon Jordan. Um, Mel Tucker hired him, and um, he's a defensive line coach who coaches up um, a whole bunch of NFL players, uh, Von Miller, uh, Gerald McCoy, things like that. And so um, I think that our offensive line, as good as we may feel like they are, I just feel like um, our offensive line could struggle for sure. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I, I think this one, like the optimist in me says it could be a win. The, the pessimist says that we're maybe not quite there yet. Um, I do think close game. Uh, I could see this being a game that that is uh, signals a little bit of a new era in of Husky football, even with a loss, um, where we actually manage to light up a scoreboard and it, we actually lose a shootout. Which I don't think I can remember the last time that we were involved in the shootout at all. Um, so I'm going to say that it's a, a win for Michigan State, but I'm going to say it's like 45-42. Yeah, I think Michigan State's offense is going to be underrated for sure. Um, you know, I just don't know if their defense is going to be able to catch up with the mustard. But I'll, I'll give it. Uh, I'll give Michigan State this one just for uh, for shits and giggles. Uh, some technical uh, entertainment going on. That's why we're all dying right now. <laughs> I was laughing about the same thing. Um, I just yeah. my camera we got the darker and the darkest night here in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he would have had no problems with the Joker if there had been two Batman. <laughs> we can cut this out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, no, we, we leave this in for sure. All right, moving on to the uh, fighting punt, punt from the opponent 37-yard lines, the Stanford David Shaw. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> coming to Husky Stadium for the fourth game. Like, I mean, I will say, in terms of innovative scheduling, uh, can anybody else remember a season that started with four consecutive home games? I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, I like it. Like, September is a great month in Seattle. So if we, we get to spend, you know, four days on four Saturdays on Montlake, or probably two in my case. You can guess which two. Uh, Leah, go I'm, ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna really quickly shout out someone that no one's gonna see coming. I'm gonna shout out Jen Cohen for making four September games because it means because I'm going back to grad school and I'll be able to attend all four games before I have some major homework. So shout out Jen. Thank you. What the JC wow. shout out? Hang on, wow. a pink clock is right twice a day. Right. <laughs> um, I I think. I, I may have to amend my statement that we talked about in the pre-show last night where I said my prediction as regards to, you know, our local baseball team was that at some point in the next 50 years, the Mariners will be winning a game seven of a world series with the, with two strikes left on a batter and the pitch will be headed to the plate for the Mariners to close out a world series. But before the pitch gets there, the world and the universe will explode. I might amend that statement given that Leah just gave praise to Jen Cohen I'm I'm more worried that the world's going to end before that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair to Jen, she doesn't do these scheduling things alone. She just happens to be the face of the issue. So I'm giving her credit, even though obviously she had to work with all of the conferences or sorry, all of the um, athletic directors. So she's just the face. But I mean, I can shout out the Oregon AD if that makes y'all feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to, uh, for that matter, shout out to their president who is pursuing academic prowess and teams that wear purple. Yep. Exactly. He's going to actually legitimately academic prowess school. So shout out to... In a major to, metropolitan area, no less. Yeah, outside Chicago. And what's... um, So he's a, a distant relative of Ryan Schill, and um, he is going to ditch Oregon to go to Northwestern. So good for him. Hey. Um. So, yeah, anyway, uh, back to the topic of the Stanford game. Um, I think Stanford, I'm going to start on this one. I think uh, through a crazy unforeseen set of circumstances, I think uh, Stanford is going to uh, have to practice at a park in Bellevue again, and they're going to find a, a secret recipe or something on their cleats that makes their, that makes running on the, the turf at Husky Stadium seem like a, like no resistance at all. And uh, I really worry about us. And I think the the deception of punting from the 35 yard line when you're in your opponent's territory and short yarded situation catches us completely by surprise. And um, we somehow muff a punt and they recover it and, uh, and, and Stanford gets the win. Uh, a- absolutely not. Um, so this is a W for me. If you go to Stanford's roster, you find two players over 280 pounds. Uh, they, I don't even go ahead and try to figure out how many scholarship defense alignment they have. They're playing a whole bunch of edge types interior. It's, it's, it's bad. Um, you know, so while I feel like they had a solid recruiting class, uh, coming in, uh, those freshmen ain't going to save them. 
Um, so uh, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty bad. I, I had them. I, I can't remember. I believe I had them f- between four to six wins, but I, I feel like they this year could be one of the one of the worst teams um, simply because of their defense. While I feel like they have one of the more explosive offenses, you know, with their quarterback, um, you got about three receivers. I think EJ Smith at running back is going to be the breakout offensive player in the whole uh, conference, but it's going to be kind of resemble what we struggled with last year. It, um, it's just, if you can't stop anybody, it doesn't matter what type of offense you have. So. Definitely. Uh, piggyback off hood. Um, yeah. I, I just don't see Stanford slowing us down defensively. Um, I think they can put up some points, but in the end it won't be enough. Um, so I had to predict the score. Um, I'd say, I'd say, thirty-one seventeen. You dub. Nice. Damn it! I didn't do a score. Uh, shit! I'm gonna say forty-two seventeen. Dark Knight, what, so what was real, your score prediction? Thirty-one seventeen. Real quick question for uh, Knight and Hood: What's worse about Stanford, their offensive or defense? Actual question. Oh man, it's their defense, man. I, I went through, um, I went through to kind of do a little project on like um, just breakout players on offense and defense. So I sat there and watched all of Stanford's games last year, and it was it was it was bad. Um, I don't know how they blew out teams like USC and things like that. I don't know why USC just didn't run on them. It, it, yeah, it had to be. Um, but yeah, I think their I think their defense is going to be one of the worst in the country. Um, while their offense is going to keep them in a lot of games, um, it allow it allow for maybe a few upsets and here and there. Um, but they're in a in a phase right now of their program where they're really going to need to rebuild that defense on the, in the trenches for sure. So they got about one or two years before they're even relatively over five hundred, in my opinion, just because of their defense. Yeah, they have solid skill groups. I mean, their receivers they have some of the best receivers in the conference for sure as a as a collective group. Um, and their tight ends are they're young, but they're promising as well. But EJ mm-hmm. Smith is he's really talented. I could see him breaking out like uh, Hood had mentioned before as well. His dad was kind of good, right? You know <laughs> what I mean. One thing, one thing that uh, I, I'm not so everybody wants to give love to. I did two years ago. I'm um, going into the COVID season. I gave Caillou Blue Kelly a lot of love. You know, he had a lot of like physical tools and things like that. But man, you go back and watch the last season. He's getting toasted by everybody. So he can be preseason first team all he wants. There's nothing scary about their defense at all, including their best player. Leah, I, I assume uh, based on that 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 conversation with Jacob, you're calling this one a loss because. Wow, I mean, like it's hard to call it a loss after hearing Night and Hood talk about this, uh, and also. Um, I have an annual story that I tell every year on Twitter about why one of the reasons I hate Stanford, maybe the the best one, but um, yeah, I just, uh, the Huskies, if they beat Michigan State, the red and the high, and if that happens, if they beat Michigan State, this could be, um, you know, what are those games where they're just not mentally focused for because Stanford isn't isn't as good as they used to be and they could easily, easily choke on this one. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that this, this coaching staff, starting with DeBoer, is extremely focused and isn't going to let that happen. Um, I think it'll be closer than Knight and Hood predicted. I'm, I'm calling it to the tune of a 31 to 20 Huskies. 
Okay. DP. Um, they, they perpetuate uh, fraud on the football field. They uh, they they send their their graduates to do fraud on Wall Street. Uh, unfortunately, I think the fraud this year is the UW football program. Um, ICS falling to zero and four here. Uh, at Stanford, they own us until they don't. Intimidated okay. by the intellectual that. by the intellectual brutality or, or whatever the fuck Harbaugh called it. Intellectual brutality. Mm-hmm. Still better than academic prowess. I'll still take academic prowess over intellectual brutality. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, on the road for the first time in the season, uh, closing out uh, or after a four-game homestand, on the road to, uh, to Pasadena um, and what I refer to as the University of Charmin at Los Angeles. But that said, uh, what's everybody? What does everybody think about uh, us uh, hitting the road to, to UCLA? There you will have my second L. Um, while uh, while I feel like we have a um, you know great head coach, a team that's going to finally actually adjust against the run. Zach Charbonnet is the best running back in the in the conference and one of the tops in the country. Um, you know DTR may not produce at a high level, um, but he he will he knows how to will his team to win. Um, Chip Kelly and 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 staff are I, I personally feel like the best developers of um, offensive linemen um, in regards to like scheme and things like that and kind of keeping uh, the defense on their heels and in, in regards to like reading keys and things making it tough for that so I just think he he wreaks havoc on our defense um, and this is going to be a shootout I think this is going to be something like uh, he might get like 45 41 type thing um, Absolutely. I think this is going to be like 41, 38, 45, 41. Um, um, this is going to kind of put, <laughs> this is going to kind of like uh, be a super exciting game. Maybe some like big time highlights and stuff. So, uh, Go ahead and tell me the receivers that are going to. So listen, so Cam Brown, number zero. Doodoo Brown. Uh, Doodoo Brown too. Uh, Cam Brown, Jake Bobo. Uh, he ain't bow legged, but Jake Bobo uh, transfer from Duke. Um, now, where I am concerned is at I'm tight scared. end. <laughs> at tight end, you lose Greg Dulcich, and that was a security blanket. Um, but I think that security blanket resurges in Cam Brown. Um, if you watch uh, just kind of some of his um, some of his reps last year, he was uh, number a wide receiver two behind Kyle Phillips and did a, a phenomenal job. He scored a touchdown on that odd screenplay versus UW um, and had some explosive first Florida State, uh, Fresno State, things like that. So, yeah. Well, doing some research on UCLA, they struggled against big fronts running the ball. And we would have, could have done a lot better job against them stopping a run if we had. I mean, I can't believe you're saying. I, I, I think he's casting aspersions at the greatest linebacker coach in the in the program's history. I can't believe that, Darker Knight. Bob Gregory. Team Bob Gregory. There will be no Bob Gregory slander on this pod. I apologize. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think UCLA is one of those teams that wants to get in a phone booth. Um, so if you make the game physical and. Um, from a defensive standpoint, pack the box and force DTR to throw and beat you. I think you can beat them 
fairly easily. Um, teams that respect the run um, against them. Um, I mean, Zach Sherman is going to get his yards, but I don't think they're a team that's going to put up 40 points that easily on, a, on anybody. Uh, they may bludgeon you with the run, but like I said, lose an explosive tight end like Greg Dulcich. Um, and you, just think of the receivers they lost last year. I mean, you lost your your best receiver as well. So, I mean, building that rapport and going into a game plan with who to throw to and who to game plan for outside, you really don't have that. So, um, you know, to stop the run, you stop them. And I think the Huskies do that. Um, I see. I respect UCLA a little bit more defense. I, I believe we win that game 27-17. That means that our defense is, like, elite. Hello? We got you. All right, listen. Uh, you know, sunny LA, just going to be too much for our, our uh, defense to handle. I think we just get cooked in the sun. Uh, you know, a lot of offense, a lot of sun, bad combination for a team that plays in the rain a lot. I think we fall to 0-5. Uh, you know, I think the offense has a good day. just can't hold back uh, that UCLA offense. 42-34. Uh, <laughs> See, now we're talking. I agree. They're they going to score a whole bunch of points. PP is PP tonight. PP. PP. Okay. Pushing PP. Prog- prognostic. I might right. have to change that now that I heard that. I mean, I put a, I mean, I put explicit on 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 it when I release every episode, but I don't know if we need to go that far back on somebody pee pee. <laughs> Pushing P squared. Sorry, crisis, I apologize. <laughs> Pushing P squared. Uh, Leah. All right, so I think UCLA still probably has a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth after their. However many overtime loss against Fresno, courtesy of Jake Hayner at the hands of the Fresno State Bulldogs last year. And I don't think UCLA has forgotten that. And I know Chip Kelly has not forgotten that. And this is going to be his way of getting revenge. I do think it's going to be, and I think it's going to be close, but I don't think the Huskies are going to come out on top. I want to, I'm going to call it uh, 35-28 UCLA. All right. Uh, I guess I have to make a comment on this one. Um, yeah, uh, I can see both sides of this. Um, I, I think that uh, until proven otherwise, I think the running game, um, particularly with the, the injury impact this week to to MJ, um, I, I think Charbonnet is going to be able to do enough. And I think the will be enough, able to make enough plays to get outside the pocket. And that's kind of one thing that I, until I see it from this defense, um, I'll, I'm going to hold on and say that we'll be able to contain. Um, I think it'll do enough. I'm going to say uh, the offense will have a nice day. Uh, I'm going to call this one 41-35 UCLA. And then on to, um, oh boy, it's that time to talk about that team. Uh, COVID champions or not, NCAA sanctions incoming or not, 
Larry Scott's biggest proponent amongst university presidents. Congratulations, Michael Crow. Wow, you are an amazing university president, sir. Uh, so yeah, uh, Arizona State on October 8th. Leah, go ahead. I uh, fact check, how, how long has it been since Washington beat Arizona State in Tempe? Uh, pretty sure it's like two decades. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Hooligan, it was uh, a one, I want to say, maybe even 2000. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Maybe a few years later. 03. But, no, no yeah. it wasn't because I was there in 02 or 03 when Cody, unfortunately, and this this is, you know, no yeah. Cody slander on the pod, but he made an unfortunate decision while in the grass to try and okay. throw one away to the sidelines so, that ended up I, in the other end zone. So I know this yeah. will make everyone uh, both on the pod and our compatriots who are not able to be here tonight very happy to hear me say, I feel like we've collected more STDs while in, while in Tempe than W's in the past two decades. And Probably I don't think, to, I don't think this year is going to be any different. We just, as much as we always lose to Cal, we always lose at Tempe. We always lose to ASU. I I just think this is just like, you know, a bad luck place. We just, we play our worst football. We've had big leads. We've lost a men's be, team. Do we have bad team. luck there because the pres- the players have too much good luck? or Probably because they're having good luck with the ASU co-eds, hence the STDs. Anyway, I think it's going to be some, a loss to the tune of about uh, – 28 to 17. ASU. You said that was a win, right? No. No, sir. Oh. No, sir. It is uh, not we don't win in win. Arizona. We do, <laughs> well, we don't win in Tempe. We win in Tucson. We don't win in Tempe. Very, occasionally, we occasionally win in Tucson. We never win in Tempe, including me freezing my ass off to Seattle to Oklahoma. Freaking state. Eight years ago, I'm not bitter at all. Um, go ahead. I think you've got a, a good take on this one. I just, I don't know. I just, I just think this isn't really hard either. Uh, this is another team that's struggling uh, for an identity, had to, has having to rebuild, um, losing every offensive weapon essentially. Um, you know, had a strong 2020 class, and now all those guys are gone, you know, leaving. So it, they're scrambling to, to field a team, in my opinion. Um, can you name who's going to be the starting quarterback? Um, they have a few serviceable options, but have they proven anything, you know what I mean, um, on any type of high level? Um, they've got a bunch of uh, 500 talent, so I think this is going to be a uh, <laughs> another dub here. Um was that taking mine to four and two, I believe, but I think this is a yep. dub. Um, and I think one, two, one thing I'm going to do as well is give us about a t- an extra touchdown um, on top of what I might think it is. It's going to be just because of our offensive staff. And I think we're going to step on next this year. Um, so I'll say this will probably okay. be um, a nice little 28 to 13, 28, 14 type right. vibe. I don't think this was going to be close either. I got that I'm happy and that I'll celebrate that one how yeah what do you think uh I know uh Emory Jones who was uh originally at Florida transferred in back in March um he has a similar game to Jaden he's a little more mobile he's a little more explosive on the ground um but I'm just not sure what the, the weapons that transferred out 
um, if they're going to be able to put up enough points. Um, I think defensively they'll be solid with Herm, um, but I actually think this year is the year Washington breaks the losing streak down to Tempe. Um, and I was winning. I think we we win a close game just because they're going to play it close and take advantage. You know, the heat factor is definitely a, a factor if you've ever been down there. Um, I say mm, Huskies win 31-27. I'll jump in and then uh, DP, I'll let you back, back to, or, or finish this one off. But uh, I say it's even um, – the cynic in me says this one's going to be even more painful than the uh, 2017 game where um, maybe two or three of our 85-man roster came off the bus. Um, and I'm going to say that ASU wins this one uh, two to nothing. Well, Hooligan, you kind of stole my spotlight there because I was going to say three to nothing ASU. Like, genuinely, that was what I was going to go with. That we're going to give them the points that they need um, to win the game. You, you know, as as Herm Edwards himself once said, uh, you play to win the game. And I just don't think uh, the UW Huskies are, are going to play to win the game. I think they're going to play to win the co-ed's hearts. And uh, our offense is just going to be left by. Herm also said, and I, I've got to give him credit for it, that I know the tradition and history of this place. Uh, I went to Cal. But uh, moving on, uh, our uh, desert two-step returning back from Tempe to to, to face Arizona at home in mid-October home game on uh, the 15th, uh, time to be determined. I'm sure it'll be an 8.30 p.m. kick, if not later. Um, what does everybody think? I really hope it's an 8.30 kick, and I hope it's cold on that day. Um, you know, I think two things are working in our favor. I think I think we're probably going to be coming off a loss, according to me and according to some of us. I think we're going to be coming off a loss, which I think helps for motivation. And number two, the quarterback for the Arizona Wildcats is Jaden DeLora. And we are are very motivated to kick his stupid face into our turf and plant a flag on his stupid, stupid face. So I might be a little bit bitter. I might be wanting revenge. I don't know. But I don't think there's any way we lose to the U of A. I think it's sending a message to that kid, and I'd like to see it to the tune of 35 to 14. Okay. All righty. DP? Well, uh, I who said the uh, quote, when there's a will, there's a way. Um, but I think without Will Disley in the fold, there's no way for this Husky team. Uh, you know, I just don't see us winning this one. I think we fall to 0-7. Don't we still have Will Pliska, though? No, he left, too. He left, too. Okay. I stand corrected. And I'll take that out just like we will. Andre Bocelli, we can't win this game, DP. Yeah, that's true. We don't we don't really have that uh, you know circus catch in a clutch moment type guy on the team. Uh, we didn't have it when he was on the team either, but but we, we don't have it. <laughs> we don't have anyone that will be that 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 can stun the opposing team by jumping out of bounds. <laughs> like we feel so bad for you, we'll just give you the ball back. <laughs> 
he's gonna win. Um, yeah, it takes no, a I, true I, champion I, to do that, Hooligan. How dare you? How dare you? Uh, yeah, I uh, I think Jed Fish is doing some really good things down at Arizona. I think the passion's back, that bear down attitude. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about this one. I think this one's a loss. Uh, I, I don't have necessarily a score in mind, but I don't like it. Yo, Hooligan, um, I've actually been going or back maybe and the forth. Cynical version, the, maybe the cynical me is taking over. Nah, I think I think your 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 hesitancy here is is legit. Um, I don't think they're going to be experienced enough to win on offense or defense, but I do think uh, talent wise, um, they pose a, a larger threat than Arizona State. Um, and then also too, um, there's something about buy in in the Pac-12. You see it with you know Jonathan Stewart with Wilcox. Um, with CP, there's something about buy-in um, to a head coach in the Pac-12 that really, really uh, contributes to, you know, having these out-of-body type uh, performances. So I think, I don't think it, it gets Arizona the win, uh, but I think they do play us pretty tough, and I think they might be the sleeper team in the conference. Um, I just don't think they have the the front seven to um, grind out tough games late, um, or if they're uh, kind of matching uh uh, matching skill player wits, then um, they'll be able to kind of have a uh, adjust to a bruising style. I don't think they'll be able to do it. Um, so I'll say this one's going to be uh, closer than the ASU one, um, lower scoring. I'll give it 24 or 21, maybe right. a, a late win. We have been known to do that against Arizona. <laughs> uh, the uh, miracle on Motley, I believe, was the Mason Foster interception. Off the an immaculate top. interception. Oh, yeah, the immaculate. <laughs> sorry. It's late. I'm tired. It's been a week. Uh, Darker Night. Uh, I know we haven't gotten your, your take on this one, so take it away, sir. Yeah, piggybacking off BP, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. I believe we have a Will Nixon. Uh, ah, we, there we you go. Becoming the breakout player of this game. Um, I don't see us losing to Arizona. Although they're talented, they're still young and inexperienced. Um, I think we take advantage of that, and I can really see our offense driving this game back at home mid-October. Um, I say the Huskies win this game fairly easily, 31-13. All right. All right. Uh, oh, boy. Well, I'm going to go first on this next one. Um, I think we're going to get intimidated by the nightmare fuel that is Oski. Um and the ghost of, of Jay Kaner from four years ago. Um, we always lose to these guys. Uh, Justin Wilcox was offered the Oregon job. I just don't think that there's a way we'd be the team that's coached by a, a coach of that caliber. Um, I know John Wilner will agree with me. Um, so I think Cal's a loss. I, I've got to say it. Was that Hood or... Or sorry, hooligan or DP talking? That was hooligan saying that this is an L. It's not the L, it's the way he framed it. <laughs> With logic and facts? Credit to Justin Wilcox and John Wilner. Who are you? Credit to Jackson Sermon, who's going to just go there and tell all of our secrets, you know? But, but Everything we do. But recognize that I said the biggest concern up front is the nightmare fuel that is Oski. 
I think too, like just on just for them, you know, we talk about that buy-in again. You got continuity in the staff. Um, it's on the uptick it's, um, uh, personnel. That's on the uptick talent. That's on the uptick. So this is gonna be tough, but I don't. I don't think we're gonna struggle with with Cal at all. Um, I think uh, they have Plummer at quarterback now, who's got a ton of experience. But the, you know, losing Trayvon Clark, uh, Kikoa Crawford, um, Nikki Ramillo. There's no weapons on the outside outside of Jeremiah Hunter. So um, you're you're putting in a new running back, Damian Moore. You know, not been a starter, not had starter carries before. Um, I think by this time of the season, they're going to be running into some some injuries and dealing with some attrition. So I think this is going to be a kind of run down your throat, a change of pace type type vibe. May have two running backs over 100, um, just kind of lean on you. Um, so I'll say this is uh, about 28 type 28 to 10 type vibe. Um, I, I don't think there's much coming from from Cal. Uh, the good old Jackson Sermon <laughs> reunion game, huh? Uh, yeah, Cal doesn't scare me. Um, by this time, I'm predicting the Huskies are rolling. Cal's just an unfortunate uh, street animal on the train tracks at this point. Uh, I see... Yeah, I don't see how this game is close. I'd be shocked if it is. Um, but I'll, I'll give him a little bit of respect. I say, I respect Justin Wilcox as a defensive mind. So I say Huskies win 27-21. Ooh, I like that. Mm. Yeah, I think that Cal's one of those games that even if I feel like on paper the Huskies are better, which sounds like from the analysis, that's probably the case. It's always close. It's just like, unless it's 2016, it's always close. Um, even if they don't scare us, like just some some crazy ball, chaos ball happens and it just gets close late. Uh, I think the Huskies win. It's going to be very similar to what um, Knight just said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it 24-18 uh, dogs. I like that too. I like that a lot. I mean, I think Hooligan said it best. We always lose to Cal. I think anyone who picks against Cal in this game is out of their goddamn minds. <laughs> Realistically, I had this circled as the, the most obvious loss on our schedule simply because <laughs> we always lose to Cal. That's really all I have to say. Pick six to seal it. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, all right. Uh, coming back home. Uh, I think this might be the homecoming game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we've got... Uh, uh the team with half a stadium, uh, Oregon State, coming to town. Arizona's homecoming. Oh, my, okay, not homecoming. Um, but in any case, it is a team with half a stadium uh, for the time being. Uh, maybe they're just downsizing in advance for the Mountain West. Uh, uh, who wants to, to take it away on uh, the fighting beavers and uh, build I'll, the dam? Or I'll start it hoping off. we not say I, God, God damn it after this one. I think this is outside of Michigan State. I think this is right now. It's the marquee game on the schedule at home. This is a huge game. Oregon State is absolutely killing it recruiting. They're you know they've got so much buy-in in the community and the football team. This is a huge 
game. Uh, and they they had our number last year. They kind of backed into that win. Huskies could have had it. They didn't. So, um, oh, I have a hard time with this one. I really do. Because I, I think that I think next week, I think it's a for sure loss. So uh, given that I don't think the Huskies are going to beat the Ducks, I do think they're going to beat the Beavs, but it's going to be so close. I want to say it's something like 31-28, close to the end. Field goal wins it. Dogs. I mean, realistically, you talk about the best offensive mind in college football. Uh, you know, some of us dog fans would love to say it, it is our man, Kalen DeBoer. But realistically, if we're being honest here, it's the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Jonathan Smith. Smitty! <laughs> Smitty! He's the best offensive mind in college football. And unfortunately, I just simply don't think we have any answer for his greatness. Okay. You know uh, what? P squared, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one, man. I think I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I, I know probably uh, on other platforms might say something a little different, but I, I'll, I'll say this is uh, this is going to be an L here. Um, what I will uh, what I will say is I don't think we'll have the struggle of the Stanfords, the Arizona States, um, you know, the cows. I don't think we'll have that anymore just because we won't be having – this kind of uh, run first, defensive minded, limit possessions mentality. I think we're going to attack these kind of lowly teams moving forward. I don't think we're going to play to their levels. Um, but I think Oregon State is on our level um, in regards to coaching. Um, I wouldn't say their 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 depth is there, but their starting talent um, is on par with the majority of teams in the conference. I think Deshaun Finwick is very underrated at running back. Outside of Zach Charbonnet, um, he's probably the best power back in the conference. I think he's like 6'1", 6'2", 230 pounds. Uh, so very imposing. Uh, but Oregon State typically does do it with two running backs. They uh, So they're going to need some some love from Trey Lowe as well. I think their defense is going to be a little leaky. I think this is another high-scoring one like it is with UCLA. Um, but I'll say it's, it's in the 30s. So I'll give it a 35-31 um, Oregon State here. Ah, love the Beavers. Love the Beavers. Uh, I know I have great respect for especially their offensive talent, and I, I think Oregon State's underrated defensively. Um, I believe they come in Husky Stadium. UW is ranked at the time. I want to say I'd give UW in the top 15 at the time. It's coming off our wins and our overall record at this point. Um, but I think we suffer. All right. Uh, uh, I, I think game. that uh, very offensive, offensive-minded game. Yeah, sorry. Okay. No, no. I, 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 I mean, with the board Smith, I just think I mean the creativity and the play calling is going to be there on both sides, but it's just hard for either side to stop one another. So I say the Beavers win, thirty-eight, thirty-five. Yeah, I, I like these high scores. Like I think this is going to be one of the more fun games in the conference. Uh, this is going to have that uh, Pac-12, you know, after dark vibe that is going to put kind of the, you know, when they talk about viewership and all those types of things and, you know, you know selling the conference, selling the teams, I think this is going to be a marquee game in the conference that's going to be like, okay, Oregon State has a little bit of pull to be, stay in the Pac-12 or be on this level, et cetera. So, and alongside their 
other game success too. Yeah, I'm going to say on Hood's point and everyone's points, except for maybe DP, um, this has vibes of the hooligan you'll remember, uh, the 2000 Washington home against Oregon State when everyone was jostling for the, uh, the Rose Bowl position. Um, it's going to have vibes like that, especially if it's a night game. Um, both teams are on, I mean, hopefully Washington's on the rise. Certainly Oregon State is at this point from the outsider's view. So, yeah, I think. I mean, I, I think you're crazy. I think that we're going to um, see, I don't know whether it's from a costume from Nope or another terrifying movie that comes out between now and then. I think we're, our, our entire team is going to be terrified from Halloween um, and have a, have a triggering episode by the, the black and orange colors that Oregon State wears. Uh, I, I, I see no hope for us to win this game. Um, I, I think we might come up, come up, you know, out with a way to score some points, but, but I see this being beads like 37, 24. These are some fun games we're naming too. A lot of offense, a lot of high powered, um, uh, big plays, things like that. Exciting What's offense, Hood? I don't, I don't know what that is. What is Shit, that? right, man? Been spoiled. Lee has been possessed by the ghost of John Donovan. Um, <laughs> haven't, haven't we no, got to dive on fourth and four? I actually know what offense is, so I'm not the ghost of John. John Don was out here asking Madden. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the ghost of Husky, uh, Husky coaches passed. Uh, getting to our favorite team on the calendar, uh, Leah, go ahead. I just don't think the Huskies have a chance against the uh, the coaching prowess that is Dan Lanning. I mean, he's just a vaunted power. He's a national champion at Oregon. I mean, that's what their Twitter account says. So I don't think the Huskies have a chance. In all seriousness, um, this is a tough one. It's always tough to it's always tough to beat the Ducks and Eugene. Um, I I like to think it's going to be close. I'm going to say it's probably like a 10 to 12 point loss uh, to the tune of, uh, I call it 27-17 Ducks. Somebody else. I, prom- I promise to mix it up, right? And while I gave it the Oregon State victory, you know, I got to mix it up here. I'm going to say this is a dub. And once again, we talk about market in the conference. I think this ends up being the biggest game in the whole conference. And that includes, you know, what's going to the, the head to heads that go, are going to happen in the South. I think this is going to be the game that's going to be, you know, the on ESPN on wherever it needs to be. Um, you know, maybe a late field goal, something like that, or a, a fumble or a fourth down stop, um, just because I think there's going to be an emotional element to the game, obviously. There's going to be a lot of online element to the game. And then the game, I think, is going to live up to um, <clears throat> to the standard. So I, I think this is going to be UW. And to be honest, I, th- I think this is going to – offense is the name of the game. Um, I'm going to have us scoring about 28 points. So I'll say this is a 28-27 uh, field goal with time expiring type game. UW wins. From your mouth to God's ears, but you like that? Huge. DP. I mean, let's just be re- realistic here. Um, 
coming off uh, an 0-9 start to the season, who better than a, than a team known as the Zeros to break the winless season? I just think we've seen absolute dominant performance from the Huskies. We're talking like 35-10 kind of thing, just absolute smackdown. All right, Parker Knight. Love it. Wow, I'm taken aback by DP. I, I was not expecting that. Um, so my thunder. Yeah, I know. But I've got good rationale for what my prediction here. We, we all know the bad blood that exists between us and the Team South. Um, and I believe that bad blood continues to negatively impact UW, unfortunately. Um, I have us losing to Oregon in uh, a heartbreaker. Uh, I'd say they get a late defensive stop. Uh, beat us while we're driving down to score and take the lead. They win 25-21. Yeah, that's that's good. So here's my prediction. Um, I think the, uh, the Ducks are going to come into this game riding very, very high. I think their fans are going to be so ridiculously hyped for this game that about half of them are going to pass out in the parking lot from just sheer infatuation uh oh maybe over infatuation with their football team leading to a much quieter atmosphere than you might expect i think it's going to be a very tight game um and i think it's going to be looking like we're, we're going to have a hard fought loss uh but i think late in the game um i think uh phonix is going to channel sh- is going to channel some shades of uh Damon Heward from 1994 and throw one right into the arms uh, of Michelle Powell, who's going to go uh, 90 plus yards the other direction uh, to get us to Dub in Oregon and uh, get, give Husky fans, uh, hey, 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 Ducks, pick this shit. <laughs> I am not going to be more excited. I'm not. I don't even care about even talking shit about the victory. It's watching them scramble for excuses. I'm going to love to see that. Like, I'm not even going to – I'm probably going to tweet once or twice, rub it in once or twice, and then just watch them point the finger like they've done all off season. It's going to be amazing. Shades have lost the first couple – the first loss to Utah and then the, the Pac-12 championship loss. I'm just like, whose fault is this? Delicious. Then it's going to be the weeded – all that, all those types of – And shouts to, shouts to those Dark fans that were uh, calling the – Mario Cristobal mid recently. Meanwhile, there are all of two coaches in their entire history that have better winning percentages than Mario. One of which was Chip Kelly. The other one coached in 1907. For one. Coming home to Colorado. uh, The the Buffalo. uh, Who wants to talk about this one first? Yo, uh, a blowout. This is a short sweep. I think this is a blowout. Um, I do want to give a small shout out to Brendan Lewis. Hopefully, he wins that quarterback battle. I think uh, he's got shades of Khalil Tate in him. Um, in that regard, I mean, like, he's got one explosive season that's going to take the the conference by storm, and uh, hopefully, that's next year. Uh, but anyway, I feel like this is going to be a blowout. This has got like thir- uh, I'll say thirty five to. 10 vibes to it. In our favor, I'm assuming. 
Absolutely. I think Colorado is going to be right next to Arizona State and Stanford at the bottom of the conference. Well, Hood, you said you said it sounds like next to uh, Arizona State and Stanford, and uh, to me that sounds like two other L's because this one is is what's going to put the team down to one and ten in the season. You know, realistically, a team at the level of you know ASU or Stanford, I already said they're going to beat us, and they're going to beat us again right here. That's a win for the Buffs. Yeah, so I, don't know, I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> I think we still have a bad taste in our mouth from what happened down in Boulder, and they make it a point and blow the doors off Colorado. I think Colorado suffers its worst loss in a very long time. I have UW putting a 50 spot here this game. I'm going to say UW 52, Colorado 13. I'm with all that. I, I think this could be a, a wider score than the, the first two weeks of the season, especially if healthy. Especially if healthy. Totally agree. Um, kind of piggybacking on, um, on night, I think the best thing about a loss is that you can get well against a team like Colorado. And uh, I'm not sure I predict quite the spread that Knight did, but I trust that what you guys are saying in that Colorado is probably a rebuilding team. Probably going to look at something to the tune of a 41 to 17 dogs. Uh, for me, uh, you know, given the, the prestige of the places that their head coaches worked, I mean, I just don't understand. I don't see there's any way that we can beat a, a team coached by uh, an alum of um, the vaunted, you know, NFL programs in, in Miami and, uh, and the Jets, uh, you know, OC at Vanderbilt, uh, QB coach for the Texans. There's just no way. I mean, there's absolutely no way we, we, we beat that, that fo football history. Uh, this is an L for, for me. And finally, it's not on Black Friday this time. It's a Saturday game in Pullman, closing out the, the regular season um, with uh, the no longer rollload uh, Washington State Cougars. Who wants to, to start with this one? I'll go. I, I'm going to say this is a win, and, and, and here's my reason. Um, I think if you think that our cloud seeding technology in 2018 was impressive, Coog, um, I, I think we're going to get even more snow. Uh, and uh, e even though we have a much more passing oriented offense uh, than we've had in over a decade, uh, I, I think we're going to find ways to throw the ball in the snow that you haven't ever seen before. And uh, I think this is an easy, easy W. Uh, I've got UW in this one by like, 30 and a half ish, give or take. I'm going to come up. We're going to find a way to, to score a half a point, uh, drop the elbow. We're going to run on your field again. Uh, you can throw bottles at us. We're going to just throw them right back. Uh, but it's, we're bringing the Apple Cup home to, you know, unlike what your trophy case says, it's actual historic traditional place in the state. That is hilarious because uh, I was going to call this the Snow Angels game. We're doing so much to them. We're just touchdown after you know, snow angel after snow angel. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be close. Um, I think, uh, obviously, um, you know, Wazoo is on the up and up. I actually think Wazoo will be a, a formidable opponent in regards to 
um, perception and things like that. Uh, so whether they're ranked or not, or they might write a Big Ten invite over us. Jeez, right? See, uh, but yeah, I think this is a blowout. Um, I think Wazoo comes in a pretty uh, good team um, to the country. The country's going to assume that this is going to be a solid matchup, and I think this is a blowout. Um, I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it 38-21. I'll give him an extra score there. Cam Ward's legit. Yeah, I I just think again, um, you know, looking for revenge. Uh, just they understand last year was a fluke, and I think most of Husky Nation knows it was a fluke. Um, stars aligned freshman quarterback coming in first career start it was just all bad from start to finish it was just a tough year um yeah that ain't happening again um they they remember Delora playing that flag in husky stadium and i believe we returned the favor um i don't see this game being close um although i do see both teams coming into this game ranked um I believe UW comes in there and proves a point. They went 37-10, and we plant the flag in the middle of Pullman. DP? Yeah. As as badly as I want to follow my heart and do the right thing, um, I I can't be serious and predict us losing to the Washington State Cougars. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to say with a straight face that we're going to lose to Wazoo? (laughs) Like, I'm cracking up just thinking about it. I think that happens about less than 30% 30 of the time. I mean, I just can't with a – I can't in in good conscience pick anything but a, you know, Husky domination. I love that prognostication. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to finish it out. And, um, you know, revenge is a – dish that's best served cold and we're better to serve it than in Pullman, you know, the, the butthole of Washington, you know? Um, and I think it's going to be to everyone's point. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be something to the tune of 41 to 11. We're going to send a message. We're going to plant the flag. And I really hope that someone follows in the footsteps of, one of our one of our best best former players, Caleb McGarry, and says the line, "Eat my fucking ass," as we plant the flag. Go dogs! Forty-one to eleven, dogs over the cliff. All right. Uh, so to, to do the quick rundown, we've got. Uh, well, and I I, I forgot we. Uh, so uh, DJ had us uh, went on the record last night, and uh, you'll you'll hear this before this section of the pod uh, at seven and five, uh, tallying this up right now. One, two, uh, yep, math's got uh, darker night. You've got us at ten and two, uh, DP two and ten, uh, Hood Husky uh, nine and three season. Uh, Leah says the nine and three season in store for the dogs. Uh, DP, I've got to say, you're a very, very smart, smart man. I had the same two and ten record uh, in store, so uh, <laughs> intellectual process. I, I respect it. Um, you set the bar low enough; you could never be disappointed. Sorry. Come on, 
he's he's the, he's the learning the tricks of the trade. So we'll move on into um, somewhat more serious prognostications and predictions for the year. Um, and we'll start with uh, some team awards and the overall team MVP for the year. Um, who wants to take this one? Who wants to make a prediction here first? Dylan Morris. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um but on that I note, I think Demo could. I will say, Demo, uh, it would not be surprised. Would not be surprised for me to win for if Demo won Guy Flaherty. I will say my MVP of the team um, is going to be Jordan Perriman. Um, I uh, I assume a lot of people are going to pick some some bigger names, so I wanted to pick uh, somebody who I felt like was still top five player on our team but may not be kind of like mentioned as such um mm-hmm. so i think jordan perriman um he's gonna i uh, take a take one side of the field away um make it easy for our defense um yeah oh yeah so that's All mine right. right there dark night defense or just any just whatever backup player of the year. Uh, MVP. MVP. Most valuable husky. I'm actually gonna go. I'm gonna go with the guy who showed his face to the for, to the coaching staff before anyone. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Asa Turner. Right. I just think he's due for a breakout, and he knows it's his bag year. So I think he's going. He's going to accomplish that. Leah D or DP predictions here. I'm gonna say I don't know who the I think the MVP of the year. Uh, I'm kind of gonna go off of what Hood says. I don't know that it's gonna be somebody that like is gonna be one of the marquee guys that we all know the name right now. Um, I think most inspiration be like I don't know if they give that a word, but I feel like that's gonna be like they do that's the guy um, Clary. Oh, okay, Mish. I would say that's probably who it's gonna be somebody who comes. He wasn't he a walk on Mish. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So somebody like that who's a character guy who just shows up, plays hard, um, you know, doesn't matter who the coach is, he's just gonna show up. That's that's the guy clarity, I think, for me. I like uh, that. And if you think you of think? like if, if they're targeting Paraman, Mish is gonna have a ton of opportunities uh-huh. to showcase himself. So I like that. Mish is gonna beat the dark. You heard me say it. Uh Savelle Smalls just gonna absolutely answer every single critic. All of them in the first game, and then he's just going to keep cooking from there. Um, I, I definitely got Savelle having a big year. I think he's out to prove something. I love that. I love I, that. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be Cam Bright. I think he's going to bring Man. a lot in terms of that leadership to the defense. Man. Uh, I think it's that position has gone. We, we talked a little bit about it last night. Um, I don't remember whether it was in the episode or, or kind of in our in our post show discussion. Um, I think that position has gone from an area of considerable concern to a a very solid area, and I think you can't underestimate that the senior perspective that he's going to bring. And I think you're going to see a lot of guys contribute there. Um, but I think the attitude and the just the that will will to win and want to um, is going to transform the defense and. Uh, I don't think we're going to be 
probably statistically as good a defense as we've been in years past, but I think we're going to be a lot more solid than we were last year against the run, and I think Cam Brake's going to be a big part of that. I, I like that a lot. I, I think it's really easy for MVP to kind of pick edges and quarterbacks um, because they, they make such an impact on the game, but I think everybody kind of has this kind of understanding that, you know, it, it seems like Michael Penix is going to be QB1, um, but he does have a history of injury, so it's almost like I don't know if you can pick him as the MVP if you think he's going to play six, seven, eight games. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's tough. And then also you got Martin, Trice, ZTF on edges. So it's like that's going to be a rotational type vibe. So it's tough to kind of feel like you know one of those guys are going to be the MVP too. So so I went pair. Quick follow up for you, Hood. Uh, who is the backup quarterback if Penix is a starter? Um, I will say Dylan, just because um, he's an extension of, of an offensive coordinator. And I think that's what you need in your backup. You don't need all the physical tools in a backup. Um, you just kind of need somebody who's going to go out there and finish um, the game. Um, you don't necessarily need to go out there and win it, just kind of game manage. And I think that's what that's going to be. Um, I'll say moving into next season, you'll probably have different vibes for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's just, he's going to be a senior blanket. I think it depends on like if Pennant gets hurt, like how, where it is in the season. Exactly. I think if it's like if he makes it to ten, like to ten games and we need somebody to finish out the year, I think it's Dylan. If it's half the year, I think it's Sam. And I think they're gonna put they're gonna play the risk reward potential. That's just I com- um, I completely agree with that as well. It, uh, also, like seeing how our receivers are playing and performing, um, that will kind of determine what they need from their. You know, Penix is hitting big plays and things like that. Sam's probably going to be the the guy. So. Good point. Offensive player of the year. Dark and I go. You can go first. Put you on the spot here. <laughs> Offensive player of the year, I believe, will be Michael Penix Jr. Um, I just see him taking the reins and not looking back. Um, not only his familiarity with the system, but. <clears throat> Of the QBs, and I think he's just do for a breakout. Yeah, I think he's focused and he's coming here on a mission. Lead a team and stay healthy at the same time. DP, uh, I, I gotta go Romo Dunze. I think he's gonna absolutely cut this. Yes, sir. I, I like, I don't have anybody specific, but I'm gonna go with someone who's um, a tight end or a wide receiver. Shout out to Marcus uh, Shepard. Uh, for developing that core. Come on. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. It could be Rome, but it could be somebody else. But I think it's going to be one of those guys. All right. Good. Uh, you know what? I'll say, uh, you know, give me the right tackle. Give me uh, Roger Rosengarden. Give me Troy Faltano. Um, give me whoever that right tackle is going to be. We're going to have left-handed quarterbacks and potentially two left-handed quarterbacks be yeah, – um, QB one and QB two, I think Jackson is gonna is solidified as left. Um, just you're thinking about you know NFL projections, they're gonna disregard the fact that in college he has a left-handed quarterback. But I think for the value of our team, um, having majority, I would I would assume QB one and QB two could potentially be uh, left-handed. I think that right tackle is gonna have a um, a significant value on the team. Now you're talking about. Offensive player of the year, it tends to be someone you want with gaudy stats and things like that. But I think the most valuable on offense um, is going to be whoever that right tackle ends up being. Um, so Roger Rosengarden, Troy Faltano, um, 
Mateo Melee, whoever that ends up being, um, I will say that's who it'll be on offense. Yeah, I'm going to go online uh, along those lines, and I'm going to give two names, and I think it's not necessarily that they're going to have the most gaudy stats, but I think it's going to be the, the contributions that they make in their situational contributions. Um, and I think one of those guys is going to be Will Nixon, and I think that his versatility, it looks like he's going to be, if not RB1, he's going to be either RB1 or RB2 hit with his, the, the flexibility and like he was a wide receiver at Nebraska. Uh, that's a critical part of this offense. And I think the second part of that is it's not necessarily, uh, I expect really, really big things from Jalen and Rome this year. So I'm not necessarily in an ACP pick at all. Um, I've been a big Rome guy for quite a while. Um, but I think it's in the situations and like when we need to catch, when we need to move the sticks. Uh, I think the second part of that equation is going to be Jalen Polk. I think he's going to be Mr. Reliable when we need to move yes, the sticks and like some of those big touchdowns in those post games that we talked about. Uh, I think Jalen's going to be that guy. Um, so I think it's going to be a Will Nixon or uh, or Jalen or, or some combination thereof is, is my pick. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. The Jalen Polk, uh, his name needs to be out there more. Everybody's giving us best duo type of love with Roman. Jalen uh, McMillan, but I think I think Jalen Polk needs his name out there. Good trio, and like I I think we're sleeping on the quartet that we've got out there. Yeah, and I think it's it's actually going to be five, and particularly Taj too. Well, Taj and and if the bigger role Sam plays, the bigger role that Onyata is going to play. Exactly, and we haven't even mentioned we haven't even mentioned Giles either. So, and you're talking about rave, they're raving about him. So, yeah, yeah, defensive player of the year. uh, I'll, I'll circle back if my MVP can't write. <laughs> solid. It'll be there. And then I'm going to say, like, with a a solid second-place mention there to, to Jeremiah Martin. I think that his um, – I think he's, you know, going to have a, a, a really nice season um, being kind of that, that second weapon to, to ZTF and coming off the, the other side. And I think his him showing up in the running game is going to be really important. So it's going to be Cam Brighton and Jeremiah are, are my two. Um, I, I'll, I'll piggyback off that. I'll say, um, I'll, before a couple of days ago, this would have been MJ Ale for me. Um, I feel like, you know, we would have Husky, Husky, Husky fans would have uh, found out the value of having great interior defensive line play going from Vita to what, whatever we had last year. Um, and hence, and I thought MJ would have been that, um, but I'll say without him, I, I'm, I'm going to have it be Jeremiah Martin, only because I think it's not a rundown or a pass down type thing with him. He's going to be on the field all the time. Yep. And he transformed his body um, with with that expectation. So I think, um, you know, you have a lot of people on this defense that are with the understanding that this is their bag year, whether or not they're high first, second, third round draft picks anyway. They're leaving no matter what. So I think a lot of people are going to have that focus, and I think Jeremiah Martin's one of those guys. All right, DP, your defensive player of the year. ZTF. Come on. Yes, sir. ZTF's going to have a huge year. You thinking thinking, thinking Kakaha-type vibes, or...? I mean, I I think that's you know definitely a, a tough uh, level to hit. So okay. I'm not going like to guarantee anything, but I will say I think that's the type of ceiling we're looking at. Mm. Okay. 
Okay. I look, you know, I look at the body transformation of ZTF. Like, mm-hmm. he just looks ripped. He looks like um, a gladiator. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's ready to prove a point. Um, yeah, I'm with DP. I think he's a, the DPOI. All right. Darker Knight, Defensive Player of the Year. It's easy to piggyback off my original pick of Asa, but I think Mr. Trice is going to be the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Sheesh me! I've been hearing things about what he's doing. Absolutely. I see him play. I told you, man, I've been watching these games, and he gets hailed a lot. And he doesn't have the respect of the referees yet. So I think uh, the first four or five weeks, he needs to impose himself so he can start getting some love from refs because he gets held a lot. All right. And who is next up? I think that's everyone. Hooligan had to run real quick, though, so now it's just us. We got control. Uh, yep. Uh, he said... Offensive newcomer. Which one yeah, is, newcomer. Uh, our, our picks for offensive newcomer of the year on the team. Uh, Hood, I'm going to go to you. Offensive newcomer? Man. Um, trying to trying to provide some exposure for the players. Uh, Will Nixon was already mentioned. Jalen Polk was already mentioned. Um, new, I'll say newcomer would be Devin Culp. Um, not necessarily a newcomer to the program, but a newcomer in regards to the role on the team. Um, you've got, was it been three, four tight ends in a row that have either had significant college success and that's translated to the NFL, um, or just significant college success. And that's just the, the Hunter Bryant, but everybody else has been drafted high and been utilized at the next level. And I think Devin Culp has more athletic ability than uh, his his predecessors. Um, just has to put it together. And I think, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of uh, one tight end type of sets, and he's going to be relied on as that guy, primarily at tight end, and has all the ample opportunity to to make it a make an impact for sure. That's my offensive newcomer. Offensive newcomer, uh, I, I'm actually going to go with, I'm going to go with Giles, man. Uh, not necessarily, wasn't really utilized yeah. in that role um, previously, but um, I, I think he's just bound to break out. Um, I love the, the mismatch opportunities you have with him in the slot and how shifty he is and his speed. And I think they're going to really take advantage of that this year. Yeah, I love I love Giles. I think you and I being at that Michigan game, me being able to see us only having Terrell Bynum um, and injured Jalen uh, McMillan and Giles being kind of asked to be wide receiver one. Um, he was dog tired out there and and, 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 and gave standing out though and gave everything he could um, with his former team talking shit to him, talking in his ear, um, him chirping back, but then him also being composed. Um, I liked that a lot from him, so uh, excited to see what he, he provides. I got Jalen. I think I think when you put him uh, alongside a receiver who's going to have the season that Rome's going to have, uh, I think that's going to be huge for him. He, he's going to you know see a lot less double coverage than he might because I think he's going to be cooking. Come on, um, 
yeah, I, I think he counts as a newcomer, so I'll take him. McMillan or Polk? Polk, sorry. Should have made that clear. I mean, he only played, what, three games? Two games? Three, Two three games? games? Three. Three games. So, hell yeah, that's a newcomer. And I'm going to yeah. say uh, one of our running backs. Yeah. Somebody who hasn't really contributed yet may have been on the team before, but it's going to be a big-time contributor this year, but maybe is flying under the radar. So I don't know who that might be, but uh, that's my prediction. Didn't didn't DJ say Camp Davis? He did. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you think – football. That, yeah, that was his – Oh, that my goodness. Yeah, that was his, his offensive breakout player. Um, we we did separate between newcomer and breakout, um, and I actually am going to agree with CJ on his uh, the newcomer of the year. Um, in addition to Will Nix, Will Nixon, who I mentioned earlier, um, I will say uh, I think we're going to see some things from from Junior Alexander this year, yeah. um, for sure. And particularly if Sam <laughs> gets some run, uh, I don't think there's any substitute for ten plus years of of them throwing the football to of Sam throwing the football to to junior. Um, and then I'm also going to say kind of along the lines of uh, Leo, what you're talking about, a guy not to sleep on, uh, particularly when we get, you know, this is a, a movement based, get everybody in space kind of offense, but there will still be situations where we just need to pound the rock. Um, so I would say don't sleep on Wayne Talapapa. Come on. Situations. Yes, sir. He's a, he's going to be a conversion back for us. Third and one, fourth and two, those types of vibes, even in the past game, if it's third and one, two, second and four, you know, a lot yep. of those PA flat type vibes. And then uh, finally, kind of a combination of the defensive newcomer and uh, breakout player of the year. Um, I, I kind of already said that with the MVP being Camp Bright, again, kind of there, uh, but I will say, like, in terms of the breakout on the defensive side of the ball, um, I tweeted about it today. Uh, I think it's so too. I don't, I don't want to steal two, but uh, oh my goodness gracious, this is tough. Uh, I got to give mine a Zotup. Uh, so Alfonso Tupatala, who, you know, in spring, you know, it might have been an assumption that, you know, uh, post-operation, post-injury, that he was just out there just, you know, the staff was just getting him reps. But now that that's turning out to be, he's he's actually working his ass off and, um, you know, he's, he's the a standout player at the position. It's got me excited for his prospects to, to start. So um, with that being said, I'll say him. Um, and hopefully nobody else is going to say it. Uh, I'll say him and Devon Banks. Yep. Just took the words out of my mouth. I'm stealing it. God damn it. Devon Banks. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's going to do some big things this year. I'm looking forward to, to seeing him play. Yeah. Third that, that was my pick. You're welcome, bro. <laughs> anybody, uh, Darker Knight or DP, anybody else you want to add to that that makes a newcomer and uh, breakout player on the defensive side? Uh, newcomer, I, I mean, I'll add Chris Mole. Come on. I, I like I, that. I, yeah. I'm loving what I'm hearing about him in coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to see him play as well. I think we can call that uh, good about there. We've gone almost an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll be back soon. We'll talk probably a a fall camp recap and uh, in a couple, we'll do a fall camp recap in a couple weeks and a game one preview.
Um, you'll hear from us much more often this fall than uh, you have over the course of the summer. Uh, but go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Let's go so D-Wags. We beating the ducks, boy. Yo. Bow down. Yup. Leah, any final thoughts? Once Riverside lets you back in the room. Are we in? Am I in? Uh. Good. What's the What's the lady's name? Uh, Amber Amber Birch. Shout out Amber yeah. Birch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, well, yep. I don't. My phone's dead. Yeah, perfect. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Excited to see how that, that goes. Wherever, wherever, wherever she came from, she doesn't have any affiliation on her Twitter, so I'm just really happy about that. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I will also uh, I will give uh, unlike our athletic director who doesn't seem to be super active other than just kind of following along on. Uh, Twitter, uh, shout out to uh, I believe his name is Andy Fee, the higher yeah. state, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, followed back like right away. Um, and yet, in another little nugget of you know the, the things that are hurdling or bubbling in the uh, conference realignment question, somebody known for being kind of one of the feet on the ground, boots on the ground in the realignment conversation um, from the Big Ten uh, followed me today. He, he's been known yeah. to follow pack. Uh, yeah. So things are still moving. Everybody's still waiting on Notre Dame. Uh, but again, good. Good, good things oh, from Long Beach State, Cooligan. Yeah, I had that thought too. I'm like, did he hire Jody? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're a winning basketball program, I guess. I don't Go dogs. Go dogs. Control.